I guess it's like, you know, like the general consensus is that, you know, like old generation uh, parents, you know, they're very stubborn and they're afraid of change. And then they're too like, uh, uh, uh what's going on? What is this? Uh, is it going to blow it on my face? It's like, calm down, calm down. Well, for real. It's just, it's funny when I see my parents and like, how do you switch? How do you switch channels to, to me seeing Netflix? It's just like, there's a button that says input and you just press it right there. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> It's that easy. God. I don't know. It's 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 hilarious. Like oh, it's just it gives it that wow factor. It's like, oh my god, you're a genius. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, it's just I just I just understand the simple shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. Like, how's it going? Like, how's your day been treating you so far? I slept most of the day. I literally woke up like three forty or something because I set an alarm for this. So. So well, at least, at least you, you, at least you're like energized. I said that you, you shave yourself, huh? You shave yourself? Yeah. Yeah, you look clean cut, man, like a baby's butt. Yeah, it was itchy as fuck. It was so bad, like, and like I took a shower this morning and I just forgot to do it. I was just like, and then I woke up and I was like, this is just annoying. Yeah, I look like a totally different person. Yeah. It's funny as fuck. <laughs> do you like having the beer stuff, or are you find it it's, it's annoying? Like not it. I mean. I had it to a certain like length at one point, and then I would just use an electric razor and shave it. That was when I lived with my sister. And then like I, I did that just because it was easier, but then the ingrown hairs started getting hella annoying. And then I just like um after a few months of like fuck it and then just started doing it again. I don't know. It, like it gets annoying sometimes, yeah. especially with how much I've been traveling. If I don't shower like that night or something, I wake up the next morning's hella itchy from whatever I did. So it's kind of annoying. <laughs> nah, but I mean, I, I, I get you. I never liked the whole beer concept. I was always a goatee person. And it was just yeah. recently that my fiance was like, uh, just give it a try. And now, I, now I'm, I'm with it. You know, it's like, all right. Mm -hmm. It's I'm, not bad. Yeah, no, no, it's not bad. It's just a lot of maintenance and then a lot of trimming, which, yeah. I deal with that. I already cut all my hair off. I would need to have facial hair too. Like when I had, I had long hair and I was good enough. I was like, pain in the ass enough so now i shaved everything off and not everything but i just keep it dumb short and it's easier i'm just too lazy man <laughs> this is yeah <laughs> like yeah to be when, real. It, when it comes to my body here i'm too lazy i'm yeah. just like damn it's long but man i don't i don't yeah. want it it's just a pain for me yeah no dude i i fucking uh, i find body hair hell annoying i try and get rid of like a bunch of as much like man it's so fucked up Oh, I hate it. it. Makes me so itchy. I hate it. I I hate the most uh the Mexican mustache that I get. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh man, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like yeah, mine's still there too. Even yeah. though I shaved. <laughs> <laughs> yep. it, it has like a little shadow on it. I fucking yep. hate it with my guts. Always had, always had because out of when I was growing up, that was like literally the first thing that started to grow. My mustache. Oh yeah, okay. So That's ima so imagine me on on my eighth grade, hitting my puberty, and I, I and you have a little must Mexican mustache, and you're trying mm -hmm. to find now like what the fuck is this? Well, how would I do this? And everybody's like, "Hi, you're Mexican now." Well, maybe. It's like, well, maybe. <laughs> well, like, well, I was like, well, we're all Puerto Rican, so I guess we all speak Spanish. So I guess we got something in common. The yeah, fuck. Like, you get so particular down there. That's what I started to realize. That's why I'm just like people ask me. I'm just like I, had a, I I'm Hispanic of some sort. <laughs> I don't I don't even know the exact origin. I just don't even care. I just know that I'm Hispanic. Just take it. 
just but like, then my entire dad's side is like they're full blown Mexican and I look like the way I do. I'm just like, hey, <laughs> don't knock it down. I've I've met a lot of people who are who are as white as you and they're 100 Mexican. Damn. Okay, now I feel better because I'm only 50, so yeah, it makes me feel a little bit better about the situation. <laughs> No, I kid you not, bro. And a lot of, and that's a lot something that many people are very misconstrued that people do assume that there's no white people in other countries. It's like, oh, no, it totally is. <laughs> it's like, where the hell did you get this notion? Like, you think that America is the only place in the world where there's only white people? No, fuck. No, that's, not even close. Bro, there's white people in Mexico, there's white people in Canada and Europe, yeah, Puerto Ricans, Europe, Australia, everywhere, Cuba, like our South America, like there's white people are, uh, everywhere. It just so happened that yes, that their skin color is white, but their their race itself is whatever the country is. You know, like a, yeah, a white boy from from Spain, he's Spaniard, but he's his skin color is still white. As as well as um in Puerto Rico or anywhere else, as well as we got also black people from every other country. So like it's not exclusively in America. It's like yeah, home of the white people. It's like no, no. Jesus, it's it's just yeah. funny that people assume it's like oh my god you're Mexican, oh my god you're Puerto Rican, but your skin color is like like yeah I know I'm white. Just like leave me alone. I didn't get the dark color gene. I'm, I don't know. There's no melanin in my skin. Who cares? <laughs> oh man. But but you say so your family has that Mexican heritage and your and your mother's side is what American? Yeah. No, my mom's side is like I mean, yeah, like American, I guess, but their her great grandparents were from France. Oh. Yeah, so I'm French. Like they were they came here first, I think, with my grandfather or something. Mm -hmm. My grandfather was raised in Louisiana. Like, yeah, so I'm Creole as shit. And like people think it's funny as fuck, yeah, because you can't see it. You could see it if I had like longer hair, I'd hella fucking curly hair. But like the southern cooking, southern ways and shit like that—that's the shit I was raised on for my mom's side. So like, you know, it's it's so funny because people talk to me and they're just like, "You're not cultured," or this, that, and the other. I'm like, "Boy, do you even fucking know?" Like <laughs> this, I, I grew up on like seafood gumbo and crawfish too, and then just as far as the other side was like oh. rice and beans and fucking tamales and shit. Like it's, it's funny because that's like so drastically different, but dude, we that, fuck it, dude. That's like two different worlds, and and then there's you. That's that's yeah. where you are. The two different worlds. Yeah, I don't I don't make sense out of all of that, <laughs> out, of, out of where everybody came from, out of that shit. I, I'm the only one that doesn't make sense. Like my grandfather was a contractor. My bunch of people, like my uncles and shit, mm. similar to what they did. Um. And like, and then on the other side, like they, they didn't really do like, I don't, my godfather was like in the Navy, um, at some point that he like owned his own bar. Like they, they did like mm. random stuff. I mean, I guess like someone on my mom's side. So my cousin Kevin actually is, was like the number, I think he was like the number one percussionist in the world or something or number two percussionist in the world. Oh shit. Um, Yeah. Uh, he um he did like percussion for like uh American Idol when they used to have like the oh. live band like he did it every year um he did the Tonight Show uh, with Jay Leno every episode for a long time I think he still is actually he's been on tour with like a fuck ton of people like uh, he played for Michael Jackson Neil Diamond a bunch of people 
Yeah. And he's still doing stuff too. And I actually need to talk to him. I haven't talked to Kevin in years. Um, Cause the last time I talked to him, he was like, well, if you have anything, like whenever you're ready, like I told him I was writing music and going to music school and stuff. And he asked like what I was using. And then he started to, this was when, cause he's old school. He was doing the transition of like complete and using MIDI and stuff like that. And so now I can actually probably go work with him and it would make sense. Um, so that's someone I should probably actually call. Uh, he's just, he's really well connected. He knows a lot of people and like, he's hella talented. So like now actually I kind of want to see like what I could get out of his stuff. And just go to a studio with him for like a day. I mean, I know he's got one. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that a day in a studio with your that, your uncle, right? Oh, that's my cousin. Oh, yeah. Your cousin. He's, he's day, older. Yeah, he's my cousin. A day with your cousin in the studio, bro. Is like, yeah, bro. That's a that's a lifetime opportunity, you know. And and yeah, and it's so cool that your cousin has done such a huge, you know. He's this- the only one that made it too. Like, music wasn't really in my family in like either sort of direction. I was actually um, gonna ask you that. Yeah, no, and like he's the only one that actually did something. Like I, my cousin, my other cousin Derek was like in bands and stuff, mm. um, but nothing ever really worked out. And so, you know, now here I am, like doing this. It's just, it's really odd. I, I just, I always did weird shit, so it kind of fits. It kind of fits. Yeah, of course, man. You know what's <laughs> funny is that, um. When when you go when when you ever have that opportunity to go to your cousin and see like let's say one day at the studio, it's funny that when those opportunity does come up for oneself, that's when everything else comes into comes into place, you know, because that's yeah. that's all it takes. It's just that one visit at that one time and Ben, like you got this, yeah. bro, and. And I've and it, this is something that has happened to not only to me but my homies, you know. My my mm-hmm. one of my homies, um, Shindo. Shout out to him. He he he's from South Florida as well, and and he landed mm-hmm. to be the the main producer for Justin Bieber's Peaches song. Oh, nice! And it was wow. all by coincidence, all because he was working with Pooh Bear. Well, he still oh, does. Nice. And that's yeah. but that but that was all because he was at the right place at the right time. Right. And he just clicked with Pooh Bear and Pooh Bear like, you know, took him by his wing and he was just making songs and he was just like tired and he like wanna stepped out for a moment. He was scrolling from Instagram and then he saw Justin Bieber playing the piano for Peaches when he was just playing the piano. And he yeah. saw that. So he screen recorded the the story. And he put it on Ableton and then he just added the drums out of it. And then he just sent it to Boo Bear. Just, you know, hey, you, you, yeah, you think that, you know, Bieber will like something like this or not? You know, what do you think? I, I just want some feedback. Like, I just did this yeah. on my do. Immediately, Boo Bear sent it over to Bieber's people and Bieber heard it. Bieber say, like, I want it. No, that's it's it's crazy how shit works like that, too. Like, it's always it's usually unexpected or something like that. Like, it's funny because he just told me he was like, you let me know. So it was just, it, he told me that years ago too. And he, I, I told him, I was like, I'll, I'll call you eventually. Just not anytime soon. Cause I, it, he talked to me when I was just coming out of music school. I didn't understand shit. Okay. And you know, okay. I went to going to music school. Like I learned, but like, I didn't know how to formulate my own ideas in the ways that I hear them. Mm. And now like, I kind of understand why it takes so many years to, to learn music production or even something that sticks because it's like, 
some of these kids will have like songs that pop off in in one way that just happens to be the time and that's the music that they're kind of stuck with making because they mm-hmm. feel like they have to make that and then like and you most of the time they don't even know how they did it so it's trying to recreate something that was like by happenstance and then they kind of figure it out but not really and like I'd rather not have that happen so i think that's kind of also why i took the time to really kind of figure out right. what to do instead and, and you, learn how to actually craft it and you do feel ready for it like if you you say yourself let's just say that your cousin calls you right now and say hey can you swing over right now would you be feeling uh, comfortable to say like all right cool i got this yeah at the time music production different thought processes and ideas used to kind of like intimidate me because i didn't understand what to do or how to how to even approach them you know i still can't play piano but i understand music theory and being able to understand music theory you don't need to understand all of it you just need to understand enough to get away with it and like you know i still have to look up stuff that to stay in key or whatever but it doesn't stop or prevent your creativity from being able to make something the way you hear it it's just finding the note that it actually is that you hear it's all it really comes down to I, was gonna but I would totally do it though because it's not i'm not scared to sit and produce with people anymore i don't give a shit who you are you know it's you want to make music it's make fucking music just have something to put on the table and provide and then that's how that's how you have to be able to work with someone and yeah. that's what i started realizing too and that's as of late like working with a lot of my friends instead of just working by myself mm. um since I have a problem with formulating ideas a lot of the time from scratch, but if you give me something, I can make something. So, you know, at least a cohesive something. Um, a homie of mine sent me some rhythm stuff the other day that I'm still having trouble with making because it's too bare bones. Mm. It's not really an idea. It was more just like a few synth channels. And so it's like kind of just starting from scratch, but You know, aside from that, most everyone else will send me like, you know, at least eight bars of something that's whole mm-hmm. <laughs> or like 16. And I make the whole song off of that. And that's it's been a lot easier. I mean, obviously, someone's doing the work, too, so it makes it easier. But also to be said, like, it makes it a lot easier feeding off of someone's idea. I'm very much a person that can do that a lot easier. Mm. Um, not to say I can't formulate my own, but if if i could hear if i hear something i hear something i mean you saw it yeah you you literally saw it so like it it um That's how it was like even making that song the that being able to just hear something hear the 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 melody of what it was and um and try and like just be like oh this could be written like this and then just be able to sit down and do it that was that was probably actually the first time i think i was ever able to do it really really close to how i heard it um i've never really been able to do that in in the grander scheme of things like most of the time at least i can't i can't, if i hear something i can get close to the idea or the concept it, it usually is as long as i get close enough to the concept i'll accept it mm-hmm. but i think that was like the first time where i actually heard the idea kind of like in full and really really actually was able to get get it the way that i heard it and then robbie just hopping in chat one day and asking to sing on it just because he asked what I was working on. Just there's another thing is another thing is just by chance. A lot of this shit is just by chance and yeah. by just, just how things happen to, to work. Robbie just happened to be like having a day where he couldn't write anything for anything. And that was the first thing that he heard where he could write something. Ended up doing it hell fast and made something out of it. That song was really weird to write. Which really one, weird. Our collaboration or yeah. 
Yeah. But I was, let me tell you, I was like blown away of the angle that you went to and you stick to it. And then I, and then I was even more blown away on adding on Robbie's, you know, vocals in it. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I thought I had it, I thought I had it here and you took it and you just like, nah, bro, I can make it (laughs) banging over here, bro. And now it's there. Now it's, now I'm like, me which is I, I don't know it's 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 a done I have to say it's a done what you have because not many people do that not many can do that or achieve stuff like that you know like it's only the few people that I can vouch that I can say is like I think they can do something like that with what you did but it's uh it's like that you know and then in the fitness is it, what it's wild is that you took the a uh, you heard the idea and then you just like flip it around even and you just recreated the whole project with that same idea, that same concept, which is yeah. why I was just like, holy shit, go with it. Just do whatever makes you feel right. Like, fuck yeah, bro. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that, too, just because I was just kind of because explaining to you from the get go that I just heard something and I just wanted to try it. I just I, and I couldn't really explain it. And it turned out one of the three ways that I thought it was going to turn out mm. because I didn't end up making the other. Um, I stopped at that one and I just kind of accepted it as what it was instead right. of trying to make something else out of it. Um, you know, maybe eventually I will, but it, it was, it was done as it was. And like, it's like other just weird things about that. Like Robbie waking up at 3am randomly on like Monday morning or something or Tuesday I don't remember Monday or Tuesday morning. He woke up three in the morning. I was working and he just sang the other verse. I think it was Monday morning mm. saying the other verse and spit it over it. That's when I was able to finish a song around like five or six AM, some shit like that. And it was just another thing that just worked. He's early morning brain for him. He just like woke up, smoked and just wrote something else. And that was that like, wow. I don't know. It's wild. That's how a lot of it came to it's it's it, I don't know it's it's so wild and it's uh, fascinating for me to listen to this process, man. Because I always want to know what's inside your head. What are you really thinking when it comes to your creative process when you're doing stuff like that? Is it so? It's and 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 it's funny because you because I saw it earlier today when you and me were in that group chat and you were mm. listening to decisions, you know. A song and you were like I think I can do something about it I think you could I was like holy shit this guy can actually like make it like that like he feels it he hears it and he can ramps it out yeah um the first time that that I noticed that was uh was watching the Avicii documentary um I uh I watched it years ago Mm -hmm. and I went through the whole thing and uh and it was hella relatable it was hella relatable in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but then I kind of forgot because I hadn't seen it in a long time. I kind of forgot what it was and like different points. So when I was going through earlier this year about going through and, you know, figuring out the agent stuff before, before I made the decision to come back to music and just actually give music the genuine shot. Um, I watched the movie. I, I rewatched it again um, back uh, a few months ago with a friend of mine and we were sitting there and like we had dinner and we were watching it and she she like she asked me like you know what movie do you want to watch and i was like i need to watch this like i was like i I feel like i'm missing something like there's something in here that like 
I missed basically that I need to see. And so we sat down and we watched it. And then it reminded me that's exactly how he was. Is he anytime and like a lot of music producers are like that, mm. but not in there's a very specific way that I started to realize it. And cause like, you know, friends of mine will hear something and they'll be like, Oh, I can do this or whatever the fuck. But like, it's, it's different. It's like you hear something and it's drastically different and it doesn't co it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not cohesive to anything else that you wrote like the previous time. Mm. And yet it still sounds like them but in its own weird way and then being able to do that and the second that you hear that and be particular enough until you hear that but when you hear it you hear it and you go being able to do that with dubstep is one thing because it's just a bunch of sounds but being able to do that with a melody and different instruments and different styles of synths and stuff is a totally different different game altogether and that's something that i didn't realize it was because um you know, I had people for a long time tell me like, you know, you can write melodies like that's use that because a lot of us can't. And I didn't realize like how important it was. And then, but backtracking to seeing the video again. And I talked to her about it afterwards. And I was just like, you know, like, cause she asked me, she's like, did you get it? And I was like, yeah. And like, cause I sat there for a minute afterwards and I just didn't know, like it was too, too close. Too many things were too identical and it really kind of scared me. But then I was just kind of like, it makes sense. Like your brain has to work in a certain way. And like, also to be said, like, you know, Avicii didn't work alone. He got, he got to a point where he didn't work alone. He was bouncing ideas off of people and people were helping him write melodies or like things like that. And like, you know, it's not just one person that makes those songs. That's just how it is. And, but understanding that it's not one person that it makes, that makes those songs, but it's one person's idea, concept, and vision of whatever the hell that melody was that someone came up with Mm -hmm. is that song. That's what makes it so unique in its own way. And so that like being able to connect on that part really kind of scared me, but that actually helps make the decision to come back to music because I could do that. And no matter what genre it is, it sounds like something that sounds like me. So I got really lucky with that one. I got really lucky with that one. So do you like? Do you feel that you're much more effective um, when it comes to making music? uh, If somebody just like sends you a whole song and a whole idea, you know, and you say like, "Oh shit, I can do something about it," or Mm -hmm. or you're or wait, hold on, let me rephrase the question. Hold on. Are you much okay. more effective when somebody sends you a full song and you think that you can actually do it versus, you know, do it on your own? Come up with your own idea? It depends on the song. It depends on the song, but it's it's usually somewhere in between. It's somewhere in between because I can add on and create an idea out of something small. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually if someone sends me something, that's like a full song. Mm. Actually, I usually don't get that. Like I never really? really get, yeah, nobody ever really sends me that much of anything. Usually like I get bits and pieces of nothing and then have to recreate something out of it. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, it's very rare. Like, I mean, recently in the past, like six months, it's been a little bit different. Like friends have sent me like, you know, full, full songs of what they had. And then like, then there's what I did to it afterwards. And like, you know, I usually end up changing out like drums or, you know, or a flow or something like yeah. that. Um, mainly the drums, though, is what I end up changing out uh, a lot of the time. Um, 
but like, you know, I'll start there, but it's very rare where that instance will happen where it's like, I hear something and I think I can do it, but like make totally make an entire song out of it. Like that's just something that I was able to do since I made the down bad remix Mm. since I made down bad and I made stay. Um, those, I made those within the same, I, something like that. I, I, I started and finished. Yeah. I started and finished down bad in a night. I went to sleep. I think stay was like the next day or two, something like that. Yeah. So it, it was within the same week and those songs were me just recreating it the way that I heard, but they ended up being happy hardcore and it just was what it was. That's, that's, that's very interesting that you say that because, um, I, I was with the impression that if I ever want to collab with someone, let me work something out. Like, let me have like at least a song, like at least a song, not, mm-hmm. not, not that it's like fully ready to go, but at least something that, you know, like, Hey, here's the intro all the way to the end. Here's the outro. Like you want to work something out of it. You can change stuff, you know, give them yeah. the creative Liberty, you know, just like do whatever you want. Like, here's a song. Here's the idea. You want to extend it. You want to shorten it. You you want to change the drop a little bit. You want to add something on the drops. Like I was with that impression that I just have that song ready to go and you know have that collaboration. But I, I but I never knew that you know not many people do that. Like no, at least on my end, I don't know if it's just because it's me. Mm. I I don't know. It's like Mort said the other night when I threw in his stems. I put in three cents. I put in a kick and a snare and like, I just put it into my, my template project file. And he was like, why does it already sound better? And I was <laughs> like, wait, I don't know. Like I, I'm working with your shit that you sent me dog. Like, I don't know. Like it could be the, the compressor on the chain, the master chain. Oh, oh. like, but like, uh, you know, like uh, there's like nothing else. It's not even doing that much. So like, I don't, I don't know, but it, it's I, I do get lucky with the fact that like I just make shit sound better a lot of the time. But I have, like I said though, I have to hear it, and I, it's not often that I hear it. But yeah, like listening to the excision thing like this morning, I was just kind of like, you know, I heard something out of one of the songs, and I was just like, this one has. And Robbie pointed out why, and it's because it had it sounded like rave, and mm. it's very similar. The synth is almost identical. And the melody is um, is the same sort of, um, so it, it makes sense. And and I heard that, and I mean, I love melodic shit. So obviously, me hearing that, and then a melodic little fake out into something, yeah. I just heard the drop, and I was like, I think it's 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 a cool concept. But like, you know, uh, I'll I'll probably take a crack at that later and see if I get anywhere with it. Um, it's just not kind of on my mind at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. It hasn't been for the past like week. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I didn't want to say anything in, a, in the group chat, but I'll I'll say it anyways. Um, I feel like the song is incomplete. Like, I feel like the song yeah. itself, like you said, it's it's there, but it's not. Like, it's and I feel like it's, it's not it's not very cohesive. It feels like it. There was like three different ideas, and they just slap all three different ideas in there and make it like make it work somehow. That's well, not, not so much like it, it's a complete it's a complete idea. I just I don't know. Listen, it was like when I went back and listened to some of the other stuff that he had made before. It just sounds like sonically not there. Yeah. It used to be so much louder and like, yeah, I don't know, 
it didn't sound it didn't sound more of him you know it's a different era and time and i understand it so maybe that's what it is but like i also just heard the song differently than like the flow that it had and mainly what i wanted to do was just take his synth and put it in the flow that i kind of heard it as because it's not really changing much of it and like change the structure of the song a little bit but that's that's all i was gonna do because like i can't do songs with like the hella long intros anymore i respect it like go ahead do what you want like but like dude at the end of the day like if i'm gonna play it i'm gonna try and shorten it up to like a version that i'm gonna play and that it is cohesive me and everyone does that so it's just like you know that's just one of those things where i just you know that's why people that's probably why people make bootlegs and edits and re-edits of other shit you know they're just like i hear something i want to try it and you know i'll take a crack at it and see where i get i don't know what i'm gonna do but you know i'll figure it out and i'll probably take a swing at it when i come back to writing music of course i do i I will say like i I mentioned it earlier like i did like the second job like i i'm i'm i like the that whole oliver style drop you know when it goes very Fat Stevenson like moving yeah. all these shit. I like that. I want to learn how to do that. That's something. Yeah. That's stuff, and I want to learn how to do that. And I also want to learn how to make my my sauce heavy, like uh, like the, like ten minute and time does it. It's not a. It's not as hard as you think. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's some distortion and um, stacking your chords in many octaves, and then mm. putting many using like five voices and slightly detuning. That's really it. It's not much more than that. <laughs> Use both oscillators. It's I swear that's all it is. That's how I did the other song. Yeah, like I'm ninety percent sure. I'll like I'll literally look. Man, where is it? It's right here. Yeah, I'll check right now because I'm like ninety percent sure that's what it was. Because that's the only thing that it would be, at least that I can think of. Yeah, sure. That the one song that I that stuck in my head was um Sleepless by Chime Temenite and Pixel Terror. Uh, the second drop is my favorite. I want to make my drop sauce that heavy. I was just like, as soon as I heard it, it's like, fuck, how can I do it like that? And then when I hear an Oliver style drop, I was like, damn it. How, how, how can I do that too as well? <laughs> I don't, it is. Like it's much more, it's much more interesting for me. It motivates me to find out, you know, it just makes me feel like this is something different that I would enjoy to do. I listen to it all the time. So it's like, let me go into that direction. Why not? You know? No, exactly. And yeah, it is exactly what I said. It's like five voices and some didn't double it. Some OTT and chorus. Yeah. Layers. EQ it. It's that, it's that easy. You just stack them. We'll take you literally. Yeah. I want to, I want to take a, I want to, I want one of these days. I, I want to like, pick your brain and see your thought process of how you do that stuff man absolutely yeah see here look i'll literally show it to you it's not hard shout out kova for making it originally yeah. sirens coded but like yeah dude it's just that and It's literally just, it's that layer. But the, oh. the, but the fitness is like, I had it layered down and it still didn't sound as big as it should be. It's literally just two layers of the chords. Wow. I had like five different layers. I feel embarrassed. Oh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Lone Wolf podcast exclusive just for everybody to know. This is our future collaboration that we, that we just did. This guy literally took my song and made it like 10 times better than what it was. Yeah, I can run it back here. stop it there you know what's funny i i showed this to a few of my producer homies and they all said the same thing it's like what the fuck is this is like this is sick <laughs> and i tell them like yo i sent it over to this guy mantic and he just like made it 10 times better and he's like yeah i can see this as a banger like i can see this playing in the radio and whatnot i get i even show it to part about that song <laughs> i clip. i even show it to my brother my brother is not even into edm he's very hip-hop traveling reggaeton shit yeah he's, he's not nothing into edm i i show it to him and he was like holy shit dude i can fuck with this bro They're, like i i like the lyrics i like the beat the beat itself is catchy it's it's bouncy is yeah i can fuck with it i was like so you made yeah no i i knew i knew as soon as i finished the song i did something i don't know what it's gonna do but i knew i did something like the only time i've really understood that or felt that before just kind of like okay this is different the song's different the concept's different that's kind of why i mean that's the per best way to do it you know the fact that you did something different than what you normally do you know and you feel great about it like you feel like it's a sort of achievement right I mean, that's all I've been doing lately is just what take a crack at this. I've never made melodic dubstep before. That was my first attempt at it. And that was like, even still, the drop's totally different than yours, than what, what you had originally too. So I don't even really know how I came up with that. I, I wish I could kind of tell you. Um, I have no idea how. I mean, that's how, you, that's how your creative process works, right? You just like hear something in your head and you just take a crack at it and just like let it go. Just rip it out of it. See where see where it goes. Yeah, it's fair enough. I don't I don't know. That was very yeah, first melodic dubstep tune. And dude, I mean, congrats, bro. It's my first melodic dubstep too. So it's like it's a it's a big achievement for the both of us, you know? What there you go. Yeah, no idea what's gonna happen with it. I don't even know who will play it, but it's good. So I'm happy I mean, at that. that at that point, I really do not care who to play, uh, who plays it. Like, I what I care about is the replay value of it. You know, like I can feel like yeah. people will, it, people. Oh, you can listen to that a lot. You can yeah. listen to that a lot. 
Yeah, like you can definitely put down um, one of these channels and, you know, people will just listen to it or put it on their playlist or something, you know. Like yeah. It's it's definitely something that people will listen to. It's funny because, <laughs> like, it, a lot of people don't really realize how music works in certain ways. Like, there's music that you fuck with it a lot, but you don't know if you can actually play it or you don't know anybody who can play it unless it's the artist playing it. And then yeah. there's music that... Yeah, you you can definitely play this on a live set and whatnot, you know? It's weird how music works sometimes, you know? Have you, have you ever had that those issues before? Like, I mean, not really. It's just I've always made music that didn't really fit anyone else's style. So I was the only one to really play most of it. Um, that's just kind of how it's been for a long time. It's just because I've made really melodic different stuff and people don't mix melodies. I don't know if it's because they don't know how or if it's just because they don't like them because like so the thing is like the music that I've made like everybody that I work with even still today they say like it's just gotten better and it hasn't really changed much like just the concept is still the same at least mm. um so but at the end of the day I guess it, it is it's like the the decision part of that decision to come back to music was if it was going to make me happy or not and yeah ultimately like what i've gone through the past few months has been really fucked up but it just like mentally and whatnot but at the same time the stuff that i made kind of showed me that i can still do it mm -hmm. which is cool and being able to just knock out stuff in a day or an hour few hours here or there just because i can um you know it's 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 something me me and danny joke about all the time because there's a lot of people that can't do that, but we're the kids that can if we just really just want to. Right. Like whether or not it's really kind of there, like we can, we can like we could force something out that will make us creative enough to to continue on to do it if we really really want to. I just don't like doing it. Danny's just a machine, yeah. but like it's just funny because a lot of it's it's hard to do. It is very very hard to do. It's hard to speed run songs. It's hard to like speed run a concept different genres and stuff. I watched Eliminate do it on YouTube. Um, my friend Jesse showed it, showed it to me two days ago. I, I went by her house, like we had dinner and shit and like we were sitting there watching different stuff and she was like, have you ever seen Eliminate's YouTube before? I was like, no. She showed me like a bunch of his videos. A, they're hella funny. And B, it was like, she, she showed me one where like he speed ran like three different genres and like tried to do it in 30 minutes. And I was like, see, like this is what we do in Discord. Like, when we have these like producer challenges, it's what can we come up with in 30 minutes doing like X, Y, and Z. And it's just funny because then you hear him do like Big Room House and you hear him do like Hyper Pop and like some other remix and shit. You think he did Festival Trap as one of them. And, um, but the thing was, they all turned out hella good. And I was just like, this is, and I looked at it, I was like, this is what happens when you have a bass kid make other genres. It's not hard for us at all right. because it's a lot easier than the shit that we normally make. And like, even still going through the project, uh, going through our project file, that, that project file is like 200 channels deep with so many things that I had to turn on and off and like go through and try and figure out what to use. At the end of the day, there's probably like 120 of them being used or 110 like right. total yeah. from all the shit I added to it. But like, you know, there, there is a lot of stuff I had to sit and like sift through and like redo. I'm surprised the mix down came out as good as it did. Yeah. Um, that's Tight. Yeah, that's for sure the best mix down I've ever gotten. Now that you like got yourself into your first melodic dubstep, do you see yourself making more some of this stuff, or do you see yourself, you know, making whatever actually goes with what you feel? 
I mean, it's still going to be whatever I feel, but now I understand the concept of how to make that. So like I made, it was like, I made, it took me eight hours to make down bad eight and a half or nine, something like that. It took me, I think it took me four or five hours to make the first concept of stay. Um, like the, the party rock bootleg thing took me 10, then wannabe took me three. Um, what else? Big Yoshi took like an hour. (laughs) Dion's fucking favorite song. He's, he's the one that's telling me, he's like, you need to put that out just to put it out so I can like laugh at it. I was like, all right, like we'll figure out a way I'll put it on Spotify and shit. Like, that's just like, that's a song that's just going to be put up for free. I'll put it on Spotify. I'll put it on iTunes and Beatport and shit. People will buy it. They can, but it'll be free. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't expect music to pay me. (laughs) Yeah. That's something that a a long time ago is like, I learned It's like, huh, this is not how you, the music is not supposed to be a place that you make music money out of it. Unless you're one of these, you know, producers, hip hop producers and whatnot that, that they pay you a hundred G's for is like that's a different whole story. That's a whole bargain. As no, but see, like EDM artists is like it's it's a different concept. It's what I mentioned you what I said earlier earlier today is that you know we we as EDM artists it's funny that the only way the only source of income that we really see is through touring and merching. That's the mm-hmm. only way. That's the only way for us to make a living. Yeah, music itself is. No. It's only plays. It's like, hey, look how popular you are, and yeah. and I found that out by by Careless Castle, who's Lane. He uh, he used to private tutor me. I'm doing some tutoring sessions of me trying to learn more uh, how to sound this and and whatnot. And he tells me all these stories. You know, it's like you know, I I'm a Lyft driver. I do this. I gotta do ghost for this for this and that. I'm like. Yep. I'm like, at that time, I didn't know. But at, at that time, I was like, what? Yeah. Dude, like, you release music on Never Say Die. Like, you yeah. got a huge, you got like 10,000 followers. Like, you, you're like, you're there. And he's like, nah, man, I'm not there. That's just, that's just there for, for popularity, fan base. But I'm not making the money. My money's yeah. from, from Lyft and doing this and that. And, and if I ever get a chance to play it at a gig, I I get the chance, but it, you know, like I don't yeah. get that played out it's, often. That's the, it's the social media thing, it's the interaction thing, it's how bad people want to see you. It's can you sell tickets? And yeah, you know, having the releases is great and all, but at the end of the day, it comes down to that and like how deep your following is and why they follow you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like you can make a living off of a dedicated following if there's anything that fucking Tengrass has taught me. It's like you can have you can make a living off of a thousand like dedicated followers easily. It's not that hard and it just depends on how you go about it and what your business platform is. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you just, you need like those thousand dedicated fans. But the thing is like, if you have those thousand dedicated fans, your interaction is going to be enough online to where you'll sell pretty much everywhere. And like, that's kind of the flip side of how that works too. As long as that interaction is actually there, the plays are actually there and they're valid. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what happens. So but shit has to pop off to some like in order for it to make sense and for you to start something has to pop and like you know it's like nappy posted out on twitter a few weeks ago like you know a bunch of people blow up off of a bootleg or whatever the fuck that they end up making mm. so it works sometimes and like 
you know, I had that was when I had that conversation with him about like, where's all the remixes, like the DJ tools, like the stuff that people used to make, like, where are those things? Like they don't exist anymore. And it's about making those again too. And that's, you know, that's why I made Spice Girls. Like I had no valid reason to do that whatsoever. Like, but I did it anyway. And like, you know, I showed, I actually, one of my like best friends came by yesterday because his snowboard showed up here and I showed him party rock and he was like, thought I had the actual song or like I used the actual song. And I was like, no, dude, I remade this shit. And then he looked over at me. He's like, oh, wait, what? And I showed him. He's like, Jesus. Like, yeah, it took me 30 minutes. Give <laughs> <laughs> me 30 minutes of sitting there. And then I just knocked that shit out. And it was really funny. Like, I was sick. But yeah, like those tunes were fun to make. And those are just, you know, dumb DJ tools. I don't know who would play them. I don't know anybody that will. But like, I made them just for the fuck of it. And, you know, I'll go back and share them around with people. But. Nobody plays house. None of my homies play house. So, oh, it's funny. Uh, I know a lot of people. A lot of homies play house, man. On my end, there you go. Cool. <laughs> I'll hey, if you don't mind, I'll send it to those guys. If they fuck with it, they'll play it. They'll fucking yeah. play it. Let me give you the good files. You can go ahead and do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely show show it to these guys. Um. Well, I mean, now that you mentioned about the whole house thing, like I'm noticing, like it's. I don't know if it's a trend. I won't call it as a trend, but I'm noticing that a lot of bass artists are playing house sets as well. They they're trying to step out and but the thing is they have to literally label it as that like as their side project. No, like even Subdoct is playing a DMB set at a uh, Forbidden Kingdom. Say what? Yeah. See like people are half but they have to put that as that. And that's kind of bullshit that you have to put that as that. Like, no, dude, like, let the people play what the fuck that they want to play. Yeah. Like, who cares if it's drum and bass or whatever the fuck? Like, that's why, that's the main reason I came back to music was, like, I, I remember, you know, talking with my friend and we were just like, it's like, I still have something to say. It's pretty much where it starts. And, like, that's, and the, where where that concept came from is I used to play everything. I used to mix everything. and you know, somewhere along the way that got lost. And, but that was what made me good and unique and sound different. And cause I did shit no one would want to do and no one would like make it in like a different way. So, you know, being, being different is what actually gets you places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's the sad truth about, uh, about it. But like, it's just accepting that you're different. It took me a while to do that. I mean, there's nothing wrong about that. That people see that as a, as a, like a sort of a taboo. It's like, oh, you, I thought, I thought you're into bass. Like, why you switch it to house or vice versa? Like, oh, what are you doing? Switch it to site mid tempo. What is this? It's like, well, let them do whatever the fuck they want to do. I mean, if you're if you're you're a fan, if you're a fan of this artist and they decided to do a fucking house out of nowhere, out of left field, what's wrong with that? Wrong with it, yeah. Like that will. I had a conversation with Hami months ago mm-hmm. um, when I was going through this too. And I was at his pad and I was like, yo, like he was like, the benefit of you is that you never really stuck to one genre. Mm. And like, so I don't have to put anything. And he was like, and that was part of the joy about, cause like when he, I, I didn't know who he was. 
he was like, that was the joy about seeing you. Like, and I didn't know who you were. It was just like, what is he going to play? Like, what's he, what's it going to be this time? It's going to be different. I already know that. And it's going to be different than anyone else on the lineup. Just like, what's he going to do? And the only time I played full dubstep sets really were back to backs that I did with friends of mine. But even then it, that depended on the person that I went back to back with, because I go back to back with disconnect. Mike learned on my decks. So like, and I taught him, so he knows how to spin everything because that's what I knew. Right. And like, that's what I know. So he, you know, if I want to go do something random, I'll go do something random and he'll be right there to keep up. And that's like, that's one of the only people that can actually do that, that I know have like the actual capabilities, especially if he doesn't play his own music, Mike can go in. So like, you know, being able to do that with certain people is hella dope, but, um, that was always the joy of, of playing with me too. You know, it's like Wednesday says like, I'm one of her favorite people to go back to back with because it's just like, I play the most random shit. I play the most random shit that doesn't make sense, but it make I make it make sense. So I guess that's kind of the, the way I'm going to go about music now is just that's good. Make it make sense. That's good, man. I mean, and that puts your, your image out there from the start is like, yo, this is who I am. Like, I like I like making all sorts of music. I like making house. I like making bass house. I like making dubstep. I like making melodic stuff. I you're gonna hear that in my in my sets. Deal with it. You know that's that's how it is, and that's how you get you know that's how you get your fan base because they get that's what they that's what your fan base is is gonna expect from you. Mm -hmm. It's like okay, when I go to a magnet show, I'm gonna expect this. This is what I'm gonna expect, and this is what I'm gonna go for. And people are gonna fuck with it, man. Especially, especially when people when people feel like it's like something different than what they're yeah. usually usually they're used to listen to. Either it's either this or this. I'm going this. Oh my god, I got everything, all the above satisfaction guarantee. You know that's yeah. that gravitates a lot to people. Is the fact that I'm listening to something different and this is very groovy. This is very good. This is very whatever the feeling. You know. Yeah, always. I've always had the way of being able to make things do that. I can tell a story through a set. It's not hard yeah. for me to do anymore because I've been doing it for so fucking long that that's just the way that I put stuff together. And like it, it makes it so much more fun. Like, yeah, I plan out my entire set, but like to pull off a lot of the shit that I do, you had to make it and to do it as fast as I do, you need to know what you're doing and like what you're going into in order to make it make sense. And you know, uh, it's, it's crazy, but you know, I, I'm just still the DJ nerd. I'm very much like Subtronics. So, and you always been a DJ for the longest time, like, or you were yeah. a producer first. No DJ first. How long have you been DJing? 22, 23 years. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I started on vinyl when I was like five. Five, oh, six years old. Fuck me. Yeah. Dude, you got Whoa. 10 years ahead of me. I've been doing it for 15, 17 years. Yeah. I got more years on it than a lot of people I know. And it's really funny because they don't expect that out of me. What the fuck? God yeah. damn. Yeah, it's like if you were to give me like a week in vinyl decks, I can get back to beat juggling and scratching and everything oh. else that I used to do when I was like 14. Damn, man. No, like 17. I you know yeah. what? You know what's messed up? I've never learned how to do vinyls, bro. That was like the one thing I never learned. I I I only learned through the CD changers. Oh yeah, no vinyls teach you a lot about inconsistency, so you know you hear it a lot more because no vinyls are motors. 
even if it's a direct motor and even and not a yeah. belt driven it's still a motor and no two motors spin exactly the same which is why if you think about it if you see if you watch andy c or a track or craze oh, or anyone yeah. they'll touch the middle little metal needle that holds the vinyl they'll they'll push it or they'll spin it and that's how to adjust it yeah. instead of and like that's how you do minor ones and like listen to stuff by ear and shit like that like I don't know. It's uh, I was using Technique twelve hundreds when I was five, and I didn't know what the fuck they were. Wow, that's it. It's kind of nuts to think about it now, but like you know, my my cousin was going to raves and all that shit when he was that age, and you know, he was, um, you know, he's the one that introduced me to scratch scratching and like battle DJs and stuff like that, and like that's what I wanted to do when I was like six years old, and I was so like immersed in it for so long, and then I just it it fell out because then I. Uh, I stopped seeing my cousin for a few years. Mm. Um, not for any real reason. He was just every time that I went to my grandparents' house, he was like either working or busy or something. So I wasn't able to go into his apartment. He was like, I used to play his Xbox all the time too when I would go over there. Um, but so like I, you know, stuck with snowboarding and did that forever. And then along the point in high school, um, I kind of came back to it and I didn't remember because it was all on a computer. It was entirely different. So I didn't, I didn't, nothing registered from before. Like, you know, you go from using vinyls and sleeves on motors, using a mixer that's all just in front of you to a computer program that you load music into. And then you got to figure out what everything is like. It's night and day different. So, you know, going to a computer program, pretty much what happened was like my sophomore year in high school. Uh, one of my teachers came to me and it was like a, it was a really good teacher. Actually, he was a homie. He, uh, he basically like would get me out of class, put me on field trips, like do a bunch of shit. I would help him out a lot. And, um, one day he came to me and he was like, Hey, like, will you play music at lunch? This was in like 2008, mind you, 2007, mm. some shit like that. I want to say 2007. Oh, no, 2000. Yeah. Like late 2007. And I remember like he I was like, I don't really want to do this. And he was like, you'll get out of your fourth period early by like 30 minutes. And then you'll have me for fifth period starting next semester and then next year for this, this, and this. And I was like, all right, fine. I get out of class early. Sure. And then I just started playing music at lunch every day, every single day. And it started with like a bunch of iPods just playing what the fuck we wanted to to uh, um get it it was to using his laptop to go through music to the school ended up giving me a laptop for while i was there they gave me a macbook pro it was sick um and i used that to like play music at school events and every day at lunch download new music i torrented so much shit on that program on oh, that computer <laughs> it was great i like i remember giving it back and like we had to like wipe everything out like out of it but i don't think i did i think i just gave it to the next kid that was taking my position mm. i taught him how to use it and then i was just like here you go bro like <laughs> you know i was it was dope it was really sick because like i had a laptop at school like i could use it i was watching fucking rugrats of rocket power and shit during english class that's what's up you know 17 it was in 16 it was sick but um they like that's that's how it happened and i made so much money for that school like i had dances every friday um in a gym we charged like 50 cents or something but i ended up making like thousands of dollars for that school and bought like all new sound equipment for us and like did that like twice 
you know, it was dope though. It like, you know, it gave me freedom and it, it ended up, you know, being able to teach me just how to use the program. But the problem was I never used a, a like a controller or anything. So I memorized all my music and like, I mean, it's like when, you know, uh, black Jesus was in chat earlier and we were talking about it and it's, you know, know your music. You know, a lot of people, a lot of these people DJ and they don't know the music they're playing. They don't know these songs. I'm like, how the fuck do you not know what these songs are? Like, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of weird for me too. It's like, it's like, you're playing the song. How the, you, you physically put in the USB. Yeah. Like it depends on like how much shit you put on there and how much shit you put on your computer and whatnot. But like most people's USBs are very small. So like, it makes sense. And you know, you shouldn't have everything that you know, if you're playing it you should know it. And like, you know, a lot of people don't, and it comes with knowledge of music and memorization of the songs that you're playing to know where you are in every song, like out of every song I play and like probably 10 or 15 times as many as that I don't, you know, you can drop me at any point in the song, give me three seconds and I can pretty much tell you where you are and like what chorus number, what break number, even some of the songs I can tell you in seconds where you're at. Like it's, it's just how it works. I don't know. My brain's wired very different when it comes to that stuff, though. I can memorize music in my sleep, literally, if I just play it while I'm asleep. So it was very interesting that you were talking about the whole DJ concept when it, when you were starting out um, mm-hmm. back in your school days. Now, there was a question that I really wanted to ask you, because um, were you grew, did you grow up in L.A., by the way, in California? Yeah, it was, it was like split between here and Mammoth. But yeah, okay. yeah, I was like resident here. Yeah. OK. So have you ever had a chance to see a DJ AM set? No, I was too young. Ah, oh, damn. But you know, but you knew about him. No, so so the concept that I took towards music and or towards DJing at first when I when I first started back at it mm-hmm. was actually because of him. Oh. Um AM there there was a there was an EDC video, EDC movie, the first one from 2010. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was, I was 17 when 2010 happened. I could have gone, but my parents didn't, my parents were freaking out at that point about okay. that stuff. So, um, I was still like not really allowed to do much at 17. Like I just snowboarded and that was it. I, like I barely, I didn't even go like, dude, I was missing so many of my friends parties going back and forth between riding and stuff. And ultimately it is what I wanted to do. But like, you know, I didn't get the high school experience that like most people did. Mm-hmm. Like I was either, I was at, like, I had one homie this pad that I stayed at and that was really it like two but that was it like I didn't stay anywhere else at anyone else's house really like so it wasn't like I had much to do and I didn't take friends with me anywhere so like but um what's it called I uh uh I saw the video though and it was after AM had passed Mm -hmm. uh that's when actually I think that's when the movie came out because AM passed in in 2010 yeah um, so uh, that was like one of the last sets that he did and Will I Am was talking about when they were in the trailer with him and uh, and he pointed out a tune that he was going to play and like nobody thought it would work and he basically just like told them all like I'm going to put this in and watch it work and I think Will I Am said like sure enough he did it and like when it happened he just looked at all of us and I was just like you know like you know because everyone was dumbfounded at that point and when you get everybody to scream about something or go nuts over something that most of your friends tell you not to do or like that it won't work it's just it's such a gratifying feeling and it's so different and it but what's funny is that's what i was built on in like the creativity wise 
Like I've had Sweet Tooth Deadass slap me in the middle of a set because something worked. Like <laughs> when, we were, when we were younger, this was back in like 2015 or something like that, 2016, literally ran up to me on stage, threw the fader down and just slapped me and then threw it back up. And I was just like, all right, I'll take it. I said it would work. <laughs> like it, it did so like and that but that's been i've had so many experiences like that where like i told people i was like i'm gonna do this into this and they were just like like watch it work never failed every single time and so like that's that's a lot of where so like i never got to see am but like i respect the man like wholeheartedly and i wish i could have seen him like you know i mean i've seen like you know the fucking different um like a track competitions and like you know am freestyles and shit like that but like i never really i didn't get to see him no that's like probably the only person i wish i probably i could have seen that i didn't see i wish i could have seen am too that's that's a whole fucking legend i was just a little too young but it is what it is it happens man hey i missed out my once in a lifetime opportunity to see lincoln park before Chester bennett to pass away I oh miss- yeah I missed that opportunity and I regret it all day, every day. That's fair. I have a, my mom was the basis dad's banker. Basis dad. Yeah. I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Um, The bald guy. I don't remember. He's like, I only remember Chester, but like I can look it up, but I only know Chester and Mike Shinoda. Yeah. I was like, I only, yeah, me too. And I I only know Mike because I still listen to his hip hop on a regular releases it yo his uh-huh. hip-hop releases are fire no so many people don't know that mike shinoda is from lincoln park and i i tell people all the time and they're just like what like yeah uh like lincoln park like they started here in agora hills like 10 minutes or 20 minutes from me yo i think it was no was it brad was it oh. brad delson hold on there's always might- gonna be a brad in somewhere um, one of the founding members. Yeah. So, uh, Brad, it was Brad's dad, I'm pretty sure. And, um, and, uh, so I actually have a copy somewhere in this house of, of reanimation that they burned. What? Yeah. It was like written down shit too. No one signed it or anything, but like it came in the reanimation, like cover. Yeah. Like one of the first ones that they had, they literally burned a CD, wrote it down, put it in the case and like gave it to me. I gave it to my mom to give it to me. That's somewhere in here. But not this room, the other room. Lincoln Park is a big influence on, I mean, just a whole generation of kids. So, it's, but like, I didn't realize it took me a long time before I realized that Mike Shinoda was, was who he was um, until I actually decided to listen to the lyrics of like from the whole Rising Tide album. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this like makes a lot of sense. And I looked it up and then I figured out like, Mike had like these whole this whole stack of kids like working under him and shit like that. Yeah. But like it was nuts. Mike's such a creative fucking person. I mad respect to that dude. Crazy uh, mad respect to that dude. Mad respect to him. Hopefully one day I'll get him over to the podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah, I would do many things just to like pick his brain. Oh, bro, just pick his brain. I want to spend the entire day with him. <laughs> I just like, want to see like, dude, you're a god. Like, I want to see what you do every day. He's a keyboardist. He's so good. It's really know, like, He's just good at everything. Like everything he does is just amazing. Like he he has such a great talent out of it, man. I, re- I, I remember i remember there was this twitch convention and and he was he was invited he was one of the one of the twitch streamers and 
there's this chick that she was doing interviews and Mike just popped out to the interview and she was just like, like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? And she's like, got along with it. And she's like back and forth and just talking. And she was like, all right, dude, like, what the fuck are you? Like, who are you? Who are you here? And it's like, oh, you know, I play on a, I'm a Mike Chinola. I play on a band called Linkin Park. And she was like, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 I am so sorry. Oh my God. I bowed out to you. You, oh, I didn't realize you are a legend. She was just going dancing and making herself feel like shit. Like, she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know who you are. I didn't mean to be at notches. He was like, nah, nah, we're good. Like, you didn't know who I was. You know, I, I was just being friendly here. It's like, no, no, I'm not going to stop dancing. This is a tribute to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so hilarious because like, wow. Like, I knew from the from the get-go who might you know is because I grew up listening to him since the underground piece and... And from Meteora, I mean, not Meteora, yeah. I'm Hybrid Freery. That was my first yeah. album. And I knew I knew who he was all the way through. So for someone like her who didn't know, who knew Linky Park, but didn't know the members, it's like, okay, I, I, I understand. I understand wh where you're coming from. But damn, like, if you like a band, at least know who, who the members or how I mean, they look alike. Depends on how much you like the band and stuff like that. Oh, you also got to remember Mike was the pianist. No one gives a shit about the fucking keyboardist. Well, he's he was also the the second lead singer or the backup singer. I don't know how yeah. how would you categorize him because Jester was the lead singer. He was the main well, front. But that's why is he wasn't he wasn't part of the forefront and he wasn't in the front of the stage. Mm -hmm. So like you didn't really see Mike. Like so like dude, I still didn't even really know what Mike Shinoda looked like. I mean like, in the in the I end. Listen fool's, I listen to a fool's music all the time though. Like just mad respect to the dude. But yeah, like I, I get it, like to a certain extent. It's like no know, know who's in what. But at the same time, that also makes it better. Mm. I think that also makes it better. Is like you don't have to know who they are to like or what they look like or anything else. You know what rappers look like and shit like that. And people always want to know and they're so curious. But like, I don't know. Something about it, it could just be the dude next to me and I have no idea. I'm just like, oh, cool. Like, cause you never know who, who, who actually comes in and out and shit like that. It's pretty dope. I, I feel like that's how, uh, that's how I look at life. That's how I feel like I am right now. It's like, I, if anybody knows me, it's like, right, cool. Yeah. Like, I really, I'm I'm flattered every time somebody out of the blue comes out and say, "Hey, hold on, are you Wolfson?" I'm like, "Holy yeah. shit, bro, Wolfson! I love your song from this, this, and that." And it's like, "Oh, thank you." Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm just okay. a very private person. It's like when I'm when I'm in the podcast, that's the different. That's a different story. But I'm a pr very private person. Like I really do not share much details about my life, or I don't even post anything about my life unless it's like. And a significant achievement, like, hey, my first car in mm -hmm. 10 years, you know, like I bought it with my own money. Yeah. Or, you know, I got engaged with my fiance, you know, stuff like that is is when I post something significant, you know. But other than that, like what I'm doing every fucking weekend or every other day is like, nah, but like, just listen to my podcast. That's all I ask for you guys. Oh, cool. 
that's how that's how I feel. Like I I really do not care about the fame. How I, many people I, really sick so hard about it? I don't I don't understand why it's such a big thing. But everybody I know that is succeeding doesn't really give a shit that much. I do know, and I have figured out. Like they don't. It's like you know something as dumb as like when we were checking into the hotel, mm. um, for countdown. It was me, me, Dion, and his girlfriend, and um. And like we're waiting to get in, and like the people in front of us like turn around and see like, and Dion's like got a mask on and a beanie, but you know he still stands out because he's a very colorful human being. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and like people were like tapping their friends, like all this other shit. And me and Dion are standing there being idiots, like just waiting to go check into the hotel. Like it's it's weird, but like it's he just doesn't care, and he's like down to meet people and take photos with them, and like he just doesn't give a shit about fame. And most of my friends that, you know, are like that just don't care. They just want to do what they do and like have fun doing it. And it's not much more to ask for at the end of the day. Like if that's what you're capable of doing, then like that's what you're capable of doing. You're able to make something out of it. Like, dude, that fucking works. That's sick. Yeah. Like I I will never understand why people want to be so fake and so cloud chasing. You know, why why is it so important? They think it gets them somewhere, but it's the easiest thing to be able to tell because of based off of just how you treat people. Yes. And like, you know, how they're going to be, if they're going to be about you or not, and if they're like real to you or not. And like, you know, those, those relationships, depending on like who it is and stuff, those relationships go a long way. And it's just how it maintains over time. And if you're just a real person, you don't have to be anybody else. You don't have to think about anything that you did or that you said. And like, just go along forward with whatever happens. And, you know, a lot of, I think that's the problem. Like a lot of people blame it on like shit happening when they're drunk or some shit. It's like, no, like this is what's on your mind. Like, yeah, I I have, I have, you know, I am with you on that. I tell people it's like, yo, when you, when someone is drunk is when they show their full themselves, their real, their true self. Because when you're drunk, that's where you, you don't hide yourself anymore. It's either that or they're the same person. And that's the thing is like, if they're the same person, then you know that they're just that person. Exactly. Like, exactly. So when you're drunk and you act out differently and you're like, how the, I never see him act like this. Why will he act like this? That's because he's probably hiding from you <laughs> of his real anyone else who acts differently. That's that's why. But anyone who acts the same way, that's them through and through and no matter what. Yeah, that's like another thing is like being able to tell that the person's actually like them, like a very real person is like once you do all that, like if you see people in all sorts of different mindsets like that and shit, like start to be able to tell like who's still themselves and who isn't and like where and why and whatnot. And like, I don't know, I started to notice that because like even earlier this year, I like I microdosed shrooms for um, on a couple snowboard trips the friend of mine, we were just like up there and it was like something that we started to do um, back in like February. So like trips that we went on, we would just go get like a small amount and start using it. And it was cool because made it, it also made me understand that that was just like, I'm still just myself. Like, yeah. you know, well, I was also with, around someone that I was, could be myself around, but at the same time, like I'm different, but I'm not, I'm just a lot more quiet around other people. And like, I'm just a lot more like not in my head but i guess observant and i'm really high most of the time so like people never really 
think anything's wrong or anything. So like, I'm really, I'm a really hard person to read 90% of the time. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Cause like, I love people. I love watching people try and figure it out. Cause like most of the time my brain's just blank. Nothing's really like in here. It's just kind of like out a monkey. It's just like clapping. <laughs> <laughs> Funny way to d- explain it. Yeah. <laughs>